0: We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of
1: Christ. W.A. TV Radio seeks to inform and engage the Bride of Christ The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and Friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy,
0: Texas. Experience the power, experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn
1: Sism. Check out her website at www.eastgateministries.com.
0: Night, he moved the Spirit of God moved to deliver us, Um, separating the church church from pride, bitterness, and lust. Was the two things three things that I saw the Spirit of God moving to deliver more people of, where sin forgiveness was part of the bitterness. But as I said earlier, pride, Christians covers your bitterness and your lust so that you go into denial and you deny that you have those. I also want to make a statement before I start, that I'm coming into agreement with God concerning concerning Kavanaugh, that God told me Kavanaugh will be confirmed. That was probably six weeks ago or so. Monday um, night when I was working on the Bible study last week, the Lord said she will not show up. Thank you, God. And you could say, Carolyn, well, it's really going to make you look like a fool, if she does. Well, let me tell you, I know what the devil's saying, and I know what the devil's declaring, and I know what the devil's doing in the situation, and I'm going to declare what God said. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what I'm going to declare. And church, you better declare it too and not be worried about your reputation. It costs you more than your reputation if
1: you don't declare what God said. That's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called
0: pride. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Many of you
0: do not prophesy because of pride because you're afraid of making a mistake. Mm -hmm. And then if you make a mistake, you will be embarrassed. Say what God says, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then let God do let God work it out. Okay, the message today could be the golden altar, and the brazen altar, and it's the altars of God, and we know that the tabernacle of Moses was made according to the pattern in heaven, and the altars of God are in heaven, as seen by John in the book of Revelation. We also know that altar is now in us, Hebrews 13, 10. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. Those who serve the tabernacle have not yet received Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So we have an altar that they can't eat at. Acts 2-3. On the day of Pentecost, there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and it fell upon each one of them. Why the fire? It's the fire of God from heaven's altar, lit by God on the altar of his new temple, which is you, and the fire fell on his new covenant, which is the New Testament. The continual fire of the raisin altar was the responsibility of the priest to keep the fire going. for the believer to keep on fire for God and to ever see that the fire of Calvary's message is kept alive. That's your responsibility. When your fire is going out, you better get back to where you got the fire and you better keep that fire going. And God lit this fire at the brazen altar. Leviticus 9.24 The fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering, and the fat on the altar, when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their face. Where did the fire come from at Pentecost? It fell from heaven. There's only one place this fire can come from. It's now the responsibility of humans to keep it lived. Fire fell from heaven many times in the Bible. Second Chronicles seven, one through three, after, I said Samson, they're not supposed to say Samson, it's I'm supposed to say Solomon. I went back and connect, I thought I collect, corrected that. But Solomon prayed and dedicated the temple, and the fire fell and the glory fell. Hmm. At Pentecost, the fire fell and the glory fell. In 2 Kings 18, 8, 38 through 9, Elijah's altar, the fire fell and glory fell and consumed the prophets of Baal. And I will say to you, church, right now, the church needs an altar that is before God and pray that the fire of God, prophets, hey, where are you out there? Come on, prophets. Build an altar before God today and pray that the fire of God will fall and consume the prophets of Baal who are prophesying what God has not said. Amen. That's right. Yeah. And then, of course, Acts 2.3 on the day of Pentecost. we got to pray. Well, God's got me preaching on the fire on Sunday morning, and then he brought me to the tabernacles on Tuesday morning. We're still on the fire. Hebrews 9.23 through 24. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the truth. The tabernacle made by hands is only a copy of the true tabernacle in heaven, the true altar in heaven, the true temple in heaven. But into he went into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. I tell you we're gonna to have to apprehend that for which we have been apprehended. We're gonna to have to lay hold of this fire prophet. Why do you think I gave you prophetic gift just to sit around and entertain people with it? <laughs> to tell them how great they are and itch their ears? Is that why God made you a prophet? No, he wants you to go into the heavens and pull down the very fire of God, and bring it down on the prophets of Baal.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Yes.
0: <laughs> the brazen altar, our altar of burnt offerings, is the type of the cross. One way to God, one altar for the entire nation, the only place of offering sacrifice. Acts 4.12 Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven, given to mankind by which we must be saved. The cross is the only place where satisfaction was made in regard to the holiness of God, who justly demands, I see I've got some bad printing here, but we'll be okay, um, that sin be judged and atoned for. The brazen altar is the first piece of furniture inside the gate of the tabernacle. It's that the beginning of our Christian walk starts with the cross. You, you, you can't become a Christian unless you receive Jesus Christ's death on the cross and his blood. Yes. But we must keep growing and moving in Christ, in Christ past the brazen altar into the holy place which is Pentecost. And then the Holy of Holies which is the glory of God in tabernacles. We must never forget from whence the Lord has brought us that we miss the focal point of the cross. Every uh, Easter we go back and we go back to the cross because unless we go back to the cross and we remind the church of the cross then we have lost our whole path of salvation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. The sitting Israelites could go no further than the altar, than this altar, the brazen altar. Who are you smiling at on there, Sonia? Tell them hello
1: from me. <laughs> who's, who's talking to me on there? Well, no, the, the person that came on is uh, David Johnson, he came on, so okay. anyway.
0: Okay, all right. It's tragic I see Simon sitting back there laughing and whoever you are on, the, uh, on, the, on Facebook. So I just thought I'd get in with a joke here. But it's tragic that many Christians stop at this point in God. They go to the cross. They go to their salvation. They'll even go to the labor. But they'll stop right there. And that's missing the eternal purposes of the cross which is to take us through the holy place and even beyond the veil, because the veil was rent at the cross. The basis of all approach unto God is by sacrifice. Jesus Christ, the last sacrifice, was offered once, Hebrews 9, 12 through 15. Neither by the blood of goats and cats, by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ? And the Jews in Israel are still trying to find that red heifer. They think when they find that red heifer, you know, they have found the right? Uh, holy thing. No. Mm-mm. There will be no more red hevers. Mm-hmm. Yes. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the <clears throat> eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Okay, We are no longer serving him in dead works because now we are part of the living God. We're part of the eternal plan of God. We're part of eternity. We're moving in the Spirit, and we're moving with what God moves if we're moving with Him. For this cause, He is the mediator of the New Testament, Mm -hmm. that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that which are called might receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. The brazen altar is a type of divine healing as part of the atonement. Our salvation, satisfaction, and justification by faith. The truth of divine healing for the physical body and for the whole man was restored to the church through men such as A.J. Gordon, F.B. Meyer, Andrew Murray, R.A. Torrey, and especially A.B. Simpson. A.B. Simpson, God bless bless the Presbyterian Church, was a Presbyterian minister. He was called to preach in 1865 and ministered for 10 years. He just wore himself out, and he became very ill. And And he became dead fast. He worked so hard in serving God. And he began to study. And God revealed to him the truth concerning divine healing. He healed and preached for another 35 years. This is what Simpson wrote on divine healing, but it's not all conclusive. I just picked out a little bit of it. If disease is a result of the fall, then provision for divine healing should be embraced in the provision of redemption. Isn't that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. elementary? Mm. To us it is, let's see, During the dark ages, all of the power of God had been wiped away. That's what Satan's trying to do again. Mm -hmm. He's trying to wipe away the reality of the power of a supernatural God interacting through you, and then all the work of the cross is still as powerful as it was when Jesus walked on the earth. Redemption finds its center in the cross of the brazen altar of Jesus the Christ. Look there. Simpson wrote, for the fundamental principles of divine healing. There is, however, something higher than the cross, and that is the resurrection. The death of Christ destroys sin, the root of sickness. But it, it, but it is the life of Jesus which supplies the source of health the life. The agent for bringing the new life is the Holy Ghost. And it's that fire in us the fire from the altar of God in heaven that came down at Pentecost and came into us through the Holy Ghost that keeps that life flowing in us. Because when that fire dies in you, you start dying out. Life and healing comes by grace and is received by faith without sight. The gospel of salvation is commanded. I said the gospel of of salvation is commanded.
1: Amen.
0: Therefore, divine healing is also commanded. Yes, it is. That's what yes. we're supposed to be walking in. Yes. The gospel of salvation is commanded. Divine healing is commanded. Yes. We've got to apprehend that for which we have been apprehended. Galatians 2 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. The Hebrew word for altar means to slay or slaughter. And the Latin, altar means high. That's the word altar means the high place of sacrifice. Jesus was lifted up, at Calvary. I like that um, little verse that you attached to take me in. You put on there that whatever the words was, that Jesus was lifted up, up. There were two ups there. Lifted up, up. Mm-hmm. Psalm 43, 4. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. And there were altars before the brazen altar after the flood. Genesis 8.20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. The Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seek time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Okay, day and night shall not cease. We don't have a problem with that. Uh, see, time, harvest, cold, heat, winter, summer, we don't have any problem with that. Uh, but we still have some problems about uh, the, the ground being cursed and not breaking the curse, which Jesus broke at the cross. All curses, all curses were broken at the cross. By faith, the Holy Spirit of God, and the blood of Jesus. So the ground Christian that you walk upon and the ground it, God says he will never curse it again he made that covenant with Noah and he fulfilled it in Jesus Christ now I want to also say that the word of God says that the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth we're seeing right now a man hung on the cross because of something that I don't think he did when he was 17 years old, that we will never have anyone in office that has to account for the sins of their youth because they have not yet come to maturity. Because the Bible says that a man's heart is evil, his imagination is evil from his youth. So we all, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're a priest, prophet, holiest person on earth, you're going to have to overcome the evil imaginations of your youth because God says it is so. So how can you judge a man that God has not judged? That the word of God does not judge the youth. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Just mention it. Genesis 12, 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants I will give this land. Who are Abraham's descendants? Those who by faith receive Jesus Christ. Those who by that in Hebrews, those who by faith, we are the seed of Abraham. I am the seed of Abraham. And
1: they
0: he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. He moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east and there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And then there's Genesis 26-25. Isaac built an altar at the well in Beersheba. Genesis 35-1. Jacob built an altar in Bethel. God permitted Israel to build altars of earth and stone, as well as brass, but the altars were to have no steps. Hmm. Uh, And my study that I looked into, it says, perhaps the brazen altar had a sloping ramp because of this principle of no steps. The reason was that no flesh could be seen during the administration of the altar. There are several names in the Bible which refer to the brazen altar. Sheet of wood, Christ's humanity, the altar of burnt offering, the altar of God, which is Christ's divinity, the altar of the door, priority entrance unto God, and the table of the Lord, which is a type and a shadow of the Lord's supper, which was fulfilled in Jesus Christ with the Lord's Supper. This is my body, which was broken for you. This is my blood, which is shed for you. Take and eat. 1 Corinthians 10.21 Thank you, Jesus. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Raised an altar in Solomon's temple measured 20 by 20 by 10, which equaled 4,000 cubic feet. It was 4,000 years from the fall of Adam to Christ, during which time all sacrificial blood was shed. There was a restored altar by Ezra, and through them, and coming out of the dark Ages of the church through the ministry of Lucifer, justification by faith was restored to the church, just doctrines of faith. And God brought it that. He's bringing back other things that are from heaven into earth now. Would God tell me, Carolyn, heaven is coming into earth in a greater measure? Okay, when these things were being restored. God is bringing heaven into earth. When He had Moses set up the tabernacle of Moses, He was bringing the tabernacle that was heaven into earth. But right now, God is bringing more of heaven into earth than that which is in he- that which is heavenly. That which is in heaven, Lord said, will be heavenly on earth. That means more of heaven is coming to us than what we know right now. I want to be in it. I want to be part of it. I want to know what it is that God is doing. That's all I care about. It's just bringing Jesus and more of Jesus to the world. We have the altar of God within us, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is the Spirit. Spirit and those who worship him, must worship in spirit and in truth. The Raven altar was in a hollow box shape. Jesus emptied himself. It was four square, measuring five times five times three in cubics. Christ's sacrifice brought life to the world. Four square. It was made of sheet wood or acacia wood and then overlaid with brass, copper, Sheet and wood is incorruptible wood. Jesus died on a wooden cross. The brass represents judgment and can also speak of enduring the cross. Jesus at the cross was made sin for us and became a curse for us. In John's vision, Jesus' feet are of brass. On the way to the airport, I gave Mark another word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I got it while I was, uh, was sitting at the table having lunch, and I got this, but it wasn't the time for me to deliver it. But then the Spirit of God came on me, when I was in the car, Sean was driving, thank goodness. The Spirit of God came on me, and I began to prophesy to him about his, that he was sent to New Orleans uh, to tear down the brass ceiling over New Orleans. And I kind of, I mentioned this this, uh, scripture, but I sent it to him this morning because I looked it up. While I'm dressing, these things come to me. Deuteronomy 33, 25. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass, but as thy day, so shall thy strength be. That's basically the word I gave, even though I didn't quote the scripture just right.
1: right.
0: What that scripture means, that in his days, he has been sitting there to Mm -hmm. break down a brass ceiling. Mm -hmm. And I emphasized Mm -hmm. to him, it was not a glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. It is a brass ceiling. Mm -hmm. I've been bringing down brass ceilings ever since God brought me into the ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I really was like, I thought, I'm gonna get to do something else (laughs) now. Praise God.
1: (laughs) But then I read that scripture this
0: morning. -hmm so shall thy strength be Yes. many mm. in your days on earth.
1: Mm. That's Hallelujah.
0: good. So that means if you're part of this ministry, you will probably never be famous. You will probably never be popular. Praise God. <laughs> this is who we are. God mm-hmm. gave me that scripture, but I had it for that man for Mark. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass, and as thy day Shall thou strength be. Okay. Michael 4:13. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make thine horn iron, and that is your strength. I will make thy hoofs brass, and thou shalt meet in pieces many people. And I will consecrate their gain unto the Lord. Yay. And their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth. Yes. Mm. Revelation 1.15. We're talking about Jesus Christ now. His feet was like fine rice, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Revelation 2.18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. Church, if the Lord our God has these feet of brass that are tearing down powers and principalities over nations, will He with feet of brass to do the same thing. Now, I'm not telling you it's an easy job. I'm not telling you you're going to get rich doing it. But I'm telling you, if God called you to it, you best get the job done he sure didn't call you to rock around and be uh, slapping all these rich people on the shoulders uh, to suck their money out of them. an altar with the largest and highest piece of furniture. Four horns are the four corners. The horns speak of power and strength. Jesus Christ is the horn of salvation to the whole world. The horns were blood stained. There's power in the blood. The graded network was inside the altar, one and one and a half cubic, halfway up. The rings and stays were made of wood and brass. There was a compass or ledge around the outside. There were utensils, pans, shovels, basins, flesh hooks, and fire pans. And the fire on the brazen altar was never to go out. It was to burn continuously. Now, I could do a teaching of how each one of that reveals the gospel. But I don't have time in one teaching to do this. Uh, because each utensil gives us the type and shadow of the work of the cross. If we stayed out each utensil, we would see the work of the cross in our lives. Mm -hmm. I'll only mention today the shovels and the censers, because that's all I got the time for. The shovels were used for collecting the ashes or placing coals into the censers for the golden altar, thus linking the two altars. You see, when God called down fire on the brazen altar in Leviticus, fire came down from heaven. Okay. And so he that that has to be connected, that same fire, which is fire lit by God, the fire of God, has to be connected to the golden altar. Crucifixion with the prayer and praise of Gethsemane. The fire pans were the actual censers. The shovels were used to collect the ashes and the coals. But the censers—and see, we are to become censers, carrying the coals from the brazen altar to the people of God. The fire pans were the actual censers to carry coals from the brazen altar to the golden altar on the basis of these coals, the incense was caused to ascend unto God. Every member of the Godhead is seen in redemption. Yes. God gave the fire. For the Father gave the sacrifice, which is the Son. Christ was the sacrifice, and the Holy Ghost revealed the I barely touched on the symbolism of the brazen altar as a type of the cross of Jesus Christ. And someday maybe I'll have more time and I'll do it or maybe I'll interject it into other messages. But I want to take time today to address the golden altar study (coughs) as well. Those of us who have passed the brazen altar, the cross. And if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have passed the brazen altar. Mm And those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be marked with three ceilings of the Holy Ghost. There's more than three ceilings, as we know, but I'm only going to address three today. The baptism of water, which is the brazen and all that The water provided the means for cleansing, the word of God and the spirit of God. The word and the spirit are in total agreement always always you will never find the spirit out of agreement with the word of
1: god Yes, Amen.
0: if god gives you a vision and you god called you to preach it you take it to that word and you use that word to come into agreement with the vision that god gave you They cannot be separated, but rather work together for the purpose of cleansing. The water for the labor was obtained from the smitten rock, Christ Jesus. And of course those scriptures are wonderful because Jesus Christ is the water out of the smitten rock. Then there's baptism of the Holy Ghost after the baptism of the holy place. And then there's the mind of Christ, which is the Holy of Holies. Next week, or um, I figure this out as I go along, with I could take it. God's not having me do it that way. I could take each one of these things from the entrance into the holy place and then the holy, of uh, uh, holy, uh, into the outer court, the holy place, and the Holy of Holies. But I'm not taking it that way. If you'll notice, last week I took the entrances. This week I'm taking the Altars all the way through. Next week, unless God changes it, I'm going to teach on the Holy Place. So, um, so I'm going to do a separate teaching on Holy Place. This is the that second realm of the Spirit, and the second realm of the Spirit is where the demons are, fallen angels are there. Um, that's where that's where our soul realm. In the realm of our souls, Satan can attacked us through demons and all of his demonic activity. It's the realm of Pentecost and the second level of Christian maturity. It is the spirit-filled realm of great salvation described in Hebrews 2, 3-4. It is the Feast of Pentecost. The 60-fold and the young men of 1 John 2, 13. From a Christ-centered perspective, we shall learn of Christ our light in the holy place, our bread, and our high priest. In the light of present truth for God's people, we shall study at the candlestick of the Holy Ghost: baptism, the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit, the apostles' doctrine, and the branch of the Lord. Also, when God establishes a church, he will will put his lampstand in that church. And if the lampstand has been removed from a church, then God's presence has been removed from that church. Mm -hmm. Study this next week. And at the table of the showbread, we will study the Lord's Supper and the concept of body ministry and some more truth concerning the fivefold ministry. We'll see if I can get through that next week. That's, a, that's quite a bit, but maybe I can do it like I'm doing today. Just hit the highlights, because I'm teaching. I'm not teaching baby Christians. I'm teaching people that already know the Bible. You know the Bible, and you know what the Bible says. So I can take. I can just hit these things lightly. And also know that you're going to go home, most of you here, and you're going to look at these scriptures, and you're going to study whatever you didn't understand. As old you know, I have been blessed that I heard the voice from the four horns of the golden altar in 1991. Brought me to my face and down to my knees. And as you know, the voice said to me, there, Carolyn, there is a sin that you have, and if you do not overcome this sin, you will miss my glory. Now, And he also said, you have come so far. So that meant on my Christian journey, I had come past the raising altar of salvation. I had come through the labor of the water of the word because I knew the word. I was teaching. I was preaching. It was before I started the church. I had the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the holy place. I had the gifts of the Spirit operating. And I could prophesy. But the voice from the golden altar said, unless you repent of that sin, you're going to miss my glory. Amen. Now I'm telling you, there's nothing this earth has. There's no pleasure. There's no enjoyment. There is nothing in this earth that is worth missing the glory of
1: God on earth. Amen. Nothing. Amen. nothing. Amen. Mm-hmm.
0: Hallelujah.
1: And no one.
0: And no one. Because whatever it is you've made an idol out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. it.
0: Revelation eight three. Another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before them Revelation 9.13 Then the sixth angel sounded and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God. 16.12 Then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord and the hands full of sweet incense beaten fine and bring it inside the veil. Luke 1.11 There appeared unto him, Zechariah, an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of the incense. Would you say that the voice from the golden altar is the angel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. We'll see when we get there. The golden altar occupied a central position at the end of the holy place directly in front of the ark separated by the veil and in this study if God permits me to go on with this because you know I can only preach this by the permission of God and I can only preach things like this by the appointment of God and that God allows me I can only handle this revelation and handle these scriptures by the very permission of God himself Anyway, we will preach on the Ark. But it's at the end of the holy place, directly in front of the Ark, separated by the veil. The altar was four square in cubics. One cubic times one cubic times two cubics high. If you need that tra- translated into feet, I got it somewhere. I have it, but I, I just can't put it all in one place. It too was made of sheet and wood and was overlaid with gold. It had a crown of gold. The four horns were made of wood and overlaid with gold. Remember, the brazen altar is, is overlaid with brass. The fire of the golden altar was taken from the brazen altar. Gold is divinity. Brass is judgment. The diagram of the tabernacle reveals, reveals the pieces of furniture in the shape of a cross. The golden altar was at the very center of this in the heart of the tabernacle. The ministry of prayer, praise, and intercession of Christ, the high priest, and the church are at the very heart of God. The ark is the throne. Jesus Christ is the high priest at the right hand of the throne of God. Prayer and praise are central to his ministry. There is a worship at different levels of worship that we come into in the realms of the spirit. In the outer court, there will, but it's all gospel. It's all gospel worship. All of this is gospel worship. But the, but the gospel worship in the outer court will be at one level of worship in the realm of the spirit. And then the gospel worship in the holy place. Now, when we went into Pentecost, the level of worship was, was lifted up into the realm of Pentecost. And then the level of worship from the Holy of holy is even a higher level of worship than the worship out in the. Now they're saved. They're saved out here in the outer court. And they're singing the gospel songs. And they're saved in the Holy of Holies. And they're singing the gospel message. And they're saved in the Holy of Holies. There's a higher level of worship. And those who haven't even received Christ, in whatever religion they're in, if they're singing the songs of Zion, they're not even worshiping. If they're if they're singing the songs of Zion, but they're not worshiping Jesus Christ, because they're not worshiping from the other side of the cross. Performance. Hmm. It's a performance
1: now. Times
0: now. Okay. Where am I, Lord? Hmm. The overcomers who will sit with Him in His throne. Yeah, I hear you're letting Natalie back there. You got caught when I say. <laughs> <laughs> These overcomers will sit with him in his throne and here, here, here lives and have lives centered in prayer and praise. You become prayer. You become praise. Every word that comes out of your mouth is brings forth and magnifies the Lord. Your life becomes a praise. I shared it this morning. I'm not say that to bring any attention to me, but I received the greatest blessing this morning. Never mm-hmm. opened. Mm-hmm. Tears just started falling. Thank you, Father. My grandson. He says, Granny in my religion class. They asked me to write a paper on the holiest person I know. Granny, I'm writing on you. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's
1: beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. And I haven't done anything but just deposit love in that child.
1: hmm That's it.
0: But I've it a
1: standard
0: too. Mm-hmm. They have no mm-hmm. trifle with granny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I, but when I saw that, I didn't even have time to think about tears. They just began to fall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Help me again, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> The overcomers.
1: Yeah, you finished that.
0: The overcomers. Ministry. Their ministry of incense Mm -hmm. will overcome the veil of the flesh. The ministry of this altar is closer and will bring us closer to the throne and the realm of the holy of holies than anything else. To see where to become a censor from the golden altar, which is in heaven, before the throne of God, to release Christ's holiness on the earth. There was no crown of gold for Christ at the brazen altar of Calvary. But now at the golden altar, he is crowned with glory and honor as a king priest. Let's see, we don't have any, do we have any Kleenex around here? Yep. See, I was going to tell you all that story and I just cried again. I didn't mean. Well, I never planned to share it, but it was too beautiful not to share. Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay, he is crowned with glory and honor as a king priest after the order of Melchizedek. The crown also functioned to keep the coals on the altar. Both the brazen altar and golden altar are four-square. Christ died for the whole world. Both rings and staves were movable. Both had horns. Power to save and power to answer. God lit the fire on the brazen altar. God lit the fire at Pentecost fire on the golden altar was a divine fire and any other fire was a strange fire Mm -hmm. now there are people who are so afraid of a strange fire and brother Mark mentioned that Sunday of people who will not allow the spirit of God to move in the service pastors will shut it down because they're afraid they're afraid a strange fire will get started let me tell you I can recognize that strange fire, and I can shut it down. Y'all, this church is mature enough to recognize a strange
1: fire.
0: Yes, it is. And let me tell you, I'll take my chances. Because if you shut down every fire because you're afraid of the strange fire, then you're going to miss the fire that is lit by God. Glory to God love What a blessing to preach this. The strange fire, and I can I can teach on this, but we don't have time today. It's a type of false worship. Thus, the blood and fire came from the cross. The sacrifice of Christ is the basis of all prayer and praise. God only accepts incense that he has prescribed. And all approach to God in prayer and praise can only come through Jesus Christ. And the fire of the Holy Ghost kindles our devotions. The golden altar was used exclusively for burning incense. There was no blood sacrifice in the holy place because of the once for all sacrifice of Christ It was sprinkled annually on the day of atonement with the blood of the sin offering seven times. And it was sprinkled daily by the priest. The seven times speaks of Jesus' complete and perfect atonement, which opened up his complete and perfect ministry of intercession. The golden altar was anointed with oil, revealing the anointed high priestly ministry of Jesus. And the anointed incense of the saints. Only Aaron the high priest and his seat the priest could minister at the altar. So once God has brought you to that realm in his spirit, at that point you are priests of Lord. The office of king and priest are permanently united in Jesus Christ and believers become kings and priests after the same order of Melchizedek of the tribe of Judah. The incense was offered perpetually. Christ's continual high priestly ministry and the continual sacrifice of prayer and praise of the saints. I have a teaching on the incense. I know Sandra's heard it. Some of you may that i back many years but, we'll, but I'll do bring that teaching forth we'll study the incense in the coming weeks I'm calling this whole study I haven't taught it in a long time it was so rich yes. I'm calling this whole study that I'm doing on the tabernacle, Jesus in the tabernacle I'm putting this whole study together under that title uh, I wrote down the songs that, set, that uh, we sung this morning because I just kept it attached to my teachings on this, which I've got a whole bunch of them. But could we sing it again, Carolyn? I think it'll take a whole new meaning to us. Glory to God. I enjoy that. I don't. Y'all may be yes. Lord, I don't know, but I tell you what, I just preach yes. by
1: myself. Amen. Good, good. Lord, That's good.
0: We like the ride. Yes. Like I gotta say, if you're hungry, hungry for holiness and righteousness, you're gonna pass yes. through this stuff. You're gonna reach out, you're gonna go. Yes.
1: Amen.